Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. So thank you for joining us. There are so many people around me right now, and I'm just going to assume that it's around the world, who are really feeling like they're living amongst chaos in a chaotic world, either individually, uh, in their neighborhoods and things. And so this question arises, what if we could find an island of peace? What if we could find this little place where our heart could take a breath, where we could find a little rest. What would that feel like to have a peaceful place that we could access in any given moment in a world that feels increasingly chaotic? Yes. Well, that is something I can certainly identify with. Um, I can't help but focus. You know this about me. I can't help but zoom out. It probably to my own detriment and focus on things that are more external while ignoring my internal world and in focusing on those external things, it certainly affects my internal. And so, right. And let me pause you for a second. Please do. It's a beautiful gift to be able to be reflective enough to be able to think about both. Right. Sure. So to celebrate first by celebrating the fact that (laughs) you have the ability to take something that is maybe just a philosophical principle, but then zoom out and see how it's working its way out in society or in our country or in the world. Um, My challenge was just, all right, let's let's do that, but not ignore that same journey in our own hearts. Well, we talked about, this was, I want to say about two and a half months ago now, we were sitting down for coffee and we drew some circles as you like to do Yes, uh, for our listeners uh, who are just new to the podcast. Craig is the question master extraordinaire, and he is also the doodle artist extraordinaire <laughs> for uh, deepening conceptual understanding. Having a visual aid is always important, but we drew circles of meaning and we talked about the tendency of not just me, but of plenty of people to jump from our innermost circle into the outermost circle while ignoring uh, middle circles. And for us to affect those larger circles that may seem important and by no means are they unimportant, we first need to take care of the innermost circle, which is our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves. And that's the island that we're talking about. Yes. If one's personal island is constantly uh, under assault by the outward elements, there is no peace. So how do we create peace on our innermost island so that we might be able to venture out into larger territories, be they physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, professional, financial, whatever you want to, whichever brush you might want to choose, what does that look like? How do we start in that 
Very good. How do we start in the core so that we can be effective in changing things outside of that core? Because you know this about me. This is a little disclosure. If we're talking about those cores, let's quickly recap what those cores were. Innermost, self and God. Outside of that, family. Outside of that, community. Outside of that, maybe your larger geographic region, then your state, then your country, then your continent, then the world. However you want to lay that out, I'm feeling like I'm missing the family piece in a huge way. And so mm. I try to jump past mm. that. Right. Mm. And so what does that communicate to me is that there's something in the innermost circle that's not quite there yet. Yeah. If I feel the need to jump, I'm still missing something that's in the innermost core. So how do we even address that? I know I've been monologuing for a second now, and I want to turn it back to you and just kind of let you disco for a well, second. I love, <laughs> I love, again, I try to celebrate as much as possible. It's so wonderful that we are aware of that, to realize there can be this missing island of peace in our heart that manifests itself in almost creating more chaos out in the outer rings, if you will. And I'm curious to know, I wonder how many people can even relate to this because sometimes we use phrases, terminology, we paint pictures, an island of peace in your heart. Um, and some people might not even understand that. When So what percentage of the people that you think you were even listening can relate to this place in their heart where they experience this rest, this, this peace, or is it just constant stormy seas? I think we can all conceptualize what that might look like is maybe um, a fierce and sharp interaction with another person where you could retreat into that place of peace, not and just completely shut down, but to gather yourself and gain the calm to go back into the interaction with a more grounded sense of self. Yeah, which which is good. But if I might, if I may, how many people some, have it? Yeah, how many people understand even the concept of what we're talking about of of having this this piece? Because you you keep talking about um, a wonderful example of pulling back into yourself and finding this little place of peace. And I'm wondering, do people even understand that? Have they even tasted that? There's sometimes where people um every because their world is so uh, uh, tumultuous pulling back by themselves doesn't create peace well i would agree with that i would think that the more natural place the more automatic place to go to is if one is retreating back into themselves they may be going more into an arena of self-flagellation rather than right. Uh, restoration and self-forgiveness and and peace. Yeah. So that's the place where I automatically uh, go. And that's how I'm trying to retrain myself is that I go into my woundedness and then I go into an internalization mm -hmm. of the things that are wrong. I'm taking too much responsibility for yes. dysfunction. Yes, yes in my life. So there's, 
there's two ways to go about visiting this island. Is this island a place where you're going to berate yourself or is it a place where you're going to forgive yourself and seek forgiveness and seek calm? How many people have this versus how many people understand what this is? I think plenty of people can appreciate this, at least in a cerebral sense of saying, oh, I know that innermost core where I am calm. I'm the person I want to be. There's things that throw me off of that. People know what that innermost core is. But I think accessing it at a moment's notice or habitually, either of those things are far more rare. So to answer your question, I would say that people understand what that's like is that core of who we know we are, who we want to be, but then having that distorted by externalities. And then that place of peace becomes a place of chaos as well. Sure. Well, that's very well said. And I guess maybe that's part of the question is how can the silence and the solitude of that island actually bring about peace and not uh, destruction? Uh, kind of soul destruction. I heard a story once where a spiritual advisor had encouraged someone to spend some time in solitude, and the person was very reluctant to do that. And they they went and they just spent time alone, and they read a book, and they listened to some music. And the spiritual advisor said, "How did how did your solitude go?" He's like, "Great, I read this book and listened to this music." And he said, "That's not solitude. You, right? You're still some somewhere else." And he said, "You just need to be spending that." silence and solitude by yourself. And the person responded, why would I want to do that? Right. And so, gosh, what a beautiful and humbling admission that even spending time with ourselves, we could be our own accuser. We don't need the world to do that. We can be our own prosecutor. We don't always need people around us to do that. Well, the coping mechanism that you just described is drowning out your thoughts with some kind of distraction, some kind of diversion. And I know that I'm guilty of that. I know plenty of people who are guilty of that. And that's not a young man's issue. That's not an old man's issue. That is an issue that we all face. I know a guy, he's 67 years old. And when he's having a chaotic time, he drives in his Ferrari and cranks the music as loud as possible and drowns his thoughts out. And so That is an example of somebody who, from an external worldly perspective, is killing it. Mm. He's driving a Ferrari. But internally, that island is experiencing a catastrophic maelstrom of emotional weather. Mm. And I wonder, it's interesting, I wonder if we're drowning out everything around us if we're also drowning out the voice of Jesus that we need so 100%. Much. And so totally. I agree with that completely. So maybe part of the step of finding that island of peace is actually being okay fighting through those voices and those things that we make us resistant to silence. Maybe even writing them down and saying, "Gosh, why is it so hard for me just to be quiet?" to turn off the radio as I'm driving down the street, to um, just to, to be at the gym or be on a walk and not have to listen to someone, talk to someone, be investing in something, but just just be. And maybe we have to fight through that initial 
discomfort. Well, there's in that stillness, in that solitude, there will be a release. If you sit with yourself long enough, the pain that you're going through or one might be going through will eventually creep up and you can't avoid it. If you're truly in that still space, and I'm trying to figure out how to relate this to Matthew 7, talking about the narrow path, uh, talking about the wide gate and the wide path, narrow path, narrow gate. Um, that's what my small group's studying right now. But yeah, I think if you allow yourself the space to feel, there's a lot of things that we push to the side that we stuff down into the deep recesses of our mind and Mm. avoid them at all costs. Mm. And I think it's terrifying to face those things and look at guilt, shame, look at regret, say, oh, I should have done this, or I shouldn't have done that. In those moments of quietness and stillness, we need that though. Because in that moment, when we feel those things, uh, there's no way out other than through, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's very well said. Um, you know, it seems to me like, uh, even the woman at the well came at the middle of the day in the heat of the day in order to avoid everyone. And she has this encounter with Jesus and, um, something, something amazing happened because she was trying to find an Island of peace by escaping from everything, everyone, the voices, the reminders of her past. And she encountered her past in living color with someone saying, no, you've had five husbands and the person you're now with is not your husband. And so she's trying to escape all those voices. And then she meets those, that, that reality of her past and her present in, in the person of the Messiah. But how does, how does he treat her? What, what does that make? Did that make her run away? It made her lean towards him and even towards her more authentic self. No, let her exhale. She was holding so much. And it's, you know, the time of day is really interesting. In that uh, region of the world, a midday water run is insane. It's so hot. She was willing to put herself through incredible uncomfortability just to avoid the social repercussions and the and the crushing defeat that or defeats that she would feel just by catching other people's gaze. Other people were fetching water early in the morning or maybe at dusk, but she went in the heat of day because she just did not want to be seen. She did not want to make eye contact with anybody. Yes. She was feeling crushed. Yes. And so Jesus creates the safe place for her to be who she is, to identify that. He gives her an encounter where he says, you are valuable. You're worthy of being listened to, spoken to. Um, you know, as I read that, one of the things that just so grabbed me is this woman was totally focused on her past and what she'd done and, and her present. You know, the fact that she's there probably in the middle of the day. And then this future of somehow, okay, things are going to be better in the future when this Messiah comes, right? And Jesus is trying to reverse the polarity of her view and say, no, 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 I, I, I want you to look at my past. I came from God <laughs> and I want to want you to look at my present because I can currently give you living water through you. 
because of my future, I'm going to go to the cross to die for you. And so rather than being fixated on your own past, present, and future and letting you tell your own story, let me tell your story through my life. Let me redeem that. Let me give you a different spin. And how beautiful is it that this woman who didn't want to see anyone or talk to anyone has this very brief encounter with life, with love, with lightness, with this island of peace. And she goes back and she starts looking for the people she was avoiding an hour earlier. She's got to tell everybody about it. Could this be the Messiah? Could this be? We've been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years for this deliverer, this Messiah. Could the guy that's sitting next to the well be the Messiah? He told me everything I ever did. Beautiful. So good. So this island of peace, how can we find the island of peace? And how can we find this island of peace, not just as an escape, but maybe as a as, as a place where we get stronger and develop a strategy for life? Well, let me look at this, maybe the opposite side of that coin. In a lot of ways, it finds us. Mm-hmm. We, don't nece- we don't necessarily have to find it ourselves. In a lot of ways, it is constantly seeking us out. God is constantly seeking us. Yes. And we just have to slow down and allow it more than anything. And what that might look like is listening to this podcast, Mm. is being on that stormy island and then maybe somebody sends this podcast episode to somebody who needs it. Yeah. A non-believer or a believer who's just going through something. Yeah. And maybe that is how the island is finding the person rather than the person finding the island. Now that's a bit of a head turner. And that's beautiful and it's majestic. And I think it's theologically incredibly accurate because we have this island of peace that's chasing after us. It's, it's Jesus. And yet we're, in, a, in launch our canoe and we start paddling like crazy to get away from the peace. Why are we trying to get away from the peace that is going to bring healing and nourishment to our soul? That's a heck of a question. Why are we trying to avoid that? We don't feel like we deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's, you know what? I won't even externalize that and say we, that's my challenge is not feeling like I deserve it in the slightest. An infinite love and an embrace that won't let go despite any of my efforts to say I am not worthy of this in the slightest the love doesn't stop that is mind-blowing to me and in an earthly sense I have experienced very little that is in that ballpark or even in the parking lot of that ballpark Mm. it's such a foreign feeling that it's hard to first off conceptualize and then more importantly allow into the heart space and allow yourself to feel what that feels like you know this about me the place of comfort from which i operate is to intellectualize is to view things in a mental capacity and play with it as an abstraction yes it's a totally different Yes. Uh, exercise to quiet my mind, to shut up entirely and then say, how does this feel? Mm-hmm. How does this feel from the 
crown of my head down to my toes if I allowed myself to receive this kind of love. Now, that's the transformation. So I think it's a multi-step process is first to understand it on a conceptual level. Maybe that's how some people can access it. And but then bridging the gap from the cerebral into the somatic, that's a real challenge. It is a challenge. And sometimes I think we have uh, wonderful examples that can get our attention around us. Uh, years ago, I had a, this beautiful black lab named Dugan, and uh, he was just such a great dog, uh, but he didn't like to be held. He didn't like to be. <laughs> and so one day I was sitting sitting on the floor and I called him over and, you know, I, he sat next to me and I put my arms around him just to, just to hold him, to hug him. And he just starts leaning away and is like, get me out of here. What are you doing? Mm. And so I I decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep holding. And he actually turned his body and he twisted. And so his paws were towards me and he started pushing me away with his front paws, sure. trying to do everything he could to get out from my embrace. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to keep holding, I'm going to keep holding you. And so I kept holding him and holding him and he kept wrestling and just trying to get away. And then finally, ah, he acquiesced, his body just went limp and I just held him. And at that moment, God whispers to me, you are doing the same thing with me. Yes. And wow. What an indictment. Yeah. And it was beautiful because if someone would have given me some philosophical explanation of, oh, you know, we we can have a tendency of pushing, you know, God away, I'd be like, whatever. It didn't connect with me. But the fact that I realized, wait a minute, in this scenario, I'm I'm the little dog that somehow doesn't want to be close to the owner. Why? I have no idea why sometimes. And I love your point about sometimes we just don't feel comfortable. We don't feel worthy. And sometimes we do put try to push God away, but trying to rest and let him just hold us. And finding that embrace not just tolerable, but eventually enjoyable is a beautiful journey. Communication barriers. It took a while for you to connect with that dog. Yes. It's, I wonder, you couldn't have stopped trying to hold your dog in that moment, you probably continued and you went for it and you couldn't help yourself either. Yeah. You, you are the steward of that dog's entire world mm. and you needed that dog to feel okay. Yes, exactly. Because there are other people in our life that are doing like my dog that are trying to push me away and it's really easy for me to let them set adrift. Okay, fine. You don't want to be close to me. You don't want to receive the love I have for you, the care I have, the service I have. Fine. You don't you don't need me to vote you off my island. You just voted yourself off. Mm. So why do I not have the same tenacity to hold on to a person who is of infinitely more valuable than a dog? I love dogs, but much more valuable than a dog. Why am I not able to do that? In a lot of ways, we have to help others on their terms. There's free will right there. God can't force you to come to him. 
God can't force you to love him. Just like this, you couldn't force this dog. What, if you squeeze the dog as hard as you can, you think he's having a great time? Absolutely (laughs) not. You had to be gentle. You had to make yourself available. And what that looks like with other people, I have tried to connect with, let's just say certain people in my family repeatedly and it spirals out into nonsense because of the externalities of the world. And I would so desperately love to connect with them. But there comes a point when, and this has really happened in the past year, where I've had to sit back and give less input and say, I am probably not going to be the primary mover in changing their minds and their hearts. Mm -hmm. I will be available if they need me. Just like God's available to us at any given moment if we so choose. But he's also not the browbeating type who's going to say, love me or else. Right. That's very well said. And if I might add something that I've been challenged by lately is to continue to be praying, saying, okay, God, I want you to have me serve the role that you want me to in this relationship. And I also know ultimately I may not be the one that helps break through their desire to canoe away from the island and maybe someone else. God, bring them what they need. Help them feel comfortable with your embrace. That's part of us on our own island, right? You're talking about an interesting challenge where you're trying to venture and I applaud you for that. You are trying to venture to other people's islands and sit with them. Mm -hmm. And that is a beautiful thing to do. A challenging thing to do at times can be exhausting spiritually. So I would understand that asking, uh, asking, Hey, can, can you turn that lighthouse? Can you, uh, can you turn the light a little, uh, a little bit brighter and maybe you do a little bit more of the work than, yeah. than I'm doing. I've got a couple islands that I can go to and they're happy to see me, but mm-hmm. for the time being, could you just shine your light a little bit brighter and let that person know you're there? Because right now it's not working for me, yeah. but I want them to know that you're there. Yeah. Good for you. That's beautiful. And with the awareness that we have of what makes us want to push God away, it allows us to be very sympathetic and empathetic towards the story of other people saying, boy, I, I get that. <laughs> and we may not say that to them in words. Boy, I get it. You're just feeling unworthy. Come here. Let me give you a hug. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's what's communicated through the way we look at them, the way we respond to um, yes, a, a hostile word or a gesture that's unbecoming because they start to see a Jesus response in us that says, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here. If you want to get in the canoe and paddle away, that'll be fine. But guess who's going to be behind you in the canoe? You can be a tremendous Christian without reciting scripture. Mm. You can. That's it right there. And some people won't be able to hear your words, no matter how beautiful they are. Even if you knew all the right things to say, sometimes you just being there is the most important part to speak to your point. It's about what we're communicating yes. with our uh, with our hearts and yes. our body language in so many ways. I mean, totally. When you just said, it's the way we look at them. Goodness. I mean, the eyes are the window to the soul, right? Mm-hmm. 
and you can give somebody a knowing look that communicates so much more than saying, oh, yeah, you're having a rough time. I get it. Yeah. If somebody said that to me when I was having a truly terrible day, I would say you haven't the slightest clue. All right. But it's that place of quietness where I'm like, wait a second, your island has no storms right now. Mm-hmm. What the heck is that like? Mm-hmm. There's so much that goes into that moment yes. and it almost bastardizes the moment by trying to put words to it. Mm. You know, even back to the woman at the well, you know, Jesus, we talk about the gospel and trying to bring the gospel, the truth of the gospel everywhere we go. Jesus was just embodied the message of the gospel. You've, you're valuable. You've discounted yourself. You have value that you haven't haven't recognized yet. I want to be testifying to that value that's in you. Uh, I want you to realize, yeah, we've done things wrong. You've walked away. You've done some wrong things. Uh, maybe you thought I was number six husband coming here, and that's why you came here in the middle of the day. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe you were on the prom. Hey, hey, what do you mean? What are you talking to me? Why, you, why do you want me to draw some water? Maybe there was this spark of interest, and she said, okay, the first five didn't work. You know, this other guy I'm working is not what Maybe this could be number six. Maybe this will be my dream come true. And Jesus said, yeah, I think I am, but it's not in the way that you think. It's not going to be in a physical marriage, but I am going to help you understand that you are my bride in a spiritual sense, that I see you as lovely and beautiful and worthy, and I want to pledge my life to you for the rest of my life. I want want to die to make a commitment to you that says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The past doesn't matter anymore. That's a lot to take in. It really is. You know, for people who are well-versed in scripture and who have read the book of John many a time, I think you can get caught up in saying like, oh yeah, I know that story. But to get down into the minutia and then let the words melt away and focus on the feeling, understand the sacrifice, understand the erasure of one's past and saying, I I'm dwelling on this, but the ransom's already been paid. Hmm. Hmm. So good. Maybe I've mentioned this before, but I think Big Daddy Weave has a song and in one of the lyrics, I think it's called Redeemed. He says, stop fighting a fight that's already been won. Right. <laughs> and I, I find myself, even though I've been walking with Jesus for many years, continually doing this. There's a local pastor who starts a lot of his messages and says, okay, I just want you to sit. You don't have to try to explain anything or prove anything or fight for anything or, or or earn anything. I just want you to sit and receive the message that God wants to bring to you today. And I find myself hearing that, and all of a sudden my shoulders drop, and I take a deep breath, and I stop this kind of incessant needing to posture and prove and say, okay, I just want to receive Jesus, who you are and what you think of me and what you've done for me. I'm trying to work this out mentally, but what you just described is the shoulders dropping, the exhalation. That's the feeling that we're all after, Mm -hmm. right? That is the feeling. When I'm tense, I carry all my stress in my traps and my neck. And 
to let that all just fall down. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would be like. Yeah. You're talking about a moment. Now, how do we bring a fraction of that moment into our day? How do we take 1% of the feeling that you're describing yeah. into our day? How much better would that make our day? 2%? Are you kidding? If you worked me up to 3% of the feeling that you're describing, yes. and if I could bring that uniformly into everything that I do, my life, I would feel like I was on spiritual roller skates. Yes. Yep. I agree. There's a a movie, Shawshank Redemption, is out years ago, probably made before you I, were born. <laughs> I know the movie quite well. Andy <laughs> Dufresne, baby. Andy Dufresne. So it, in it, you know, he, he's in jail. And uh, whether he was wrongly convicted or whatever, okay, he's in jail and he's trying to break out of jail. And after he broke out, Morgan Freeman's character, Red, was describing... Zewatanejo? Are we, talk, no, are we no, talking about is, the this end? Is, that was the hope part of it. Listen, I'm, I'm just trying to but prove was, to you that I know oh, the yeah, movie quite well. It, you know it. Um, but, but Morgan Freeman's character was describing the way Andy used to walk around the grounds because he was walking around letting all the... All, all the stone and rock from the wall out through the bottom of his pant leg. And Morgan Freeman said he walked around the prison yard as if there were no walls. Right. Like he was a free man. And I think that is a beautiful picture of those of us who are walking with Jesus, how we can walk through our days here. We, we are free. He, he freed us of prison walls. There may be walls around us, but they're not holding us, And which is a fantastic image of, I think, the life uh, on this island of peace that God wants us to be living on. Andy Dufresne did a lot for everybody in that space. He transformed a lot of people mm. just by being. Yes, everything that he did yes. because he had that lightness that you're yes. describing. Yes. Because he knew the way out. Because he was calm. Yes. Do you remember? I mean, of course, we can look at Red. We can look at Morgan Freeman's character. But he had an effect on so many of the other prisoners. Yes. And so there's so much that we can do for the people around us yes. just by standing tall, having that lightness to us. Yeah. And that'll in, that will spark people's curiosity and say, wait a second, you're not bummed out nearly as often as most people that I see. Yeah. There's a lightness to you. How did you become the way that you are? Mm -hmm. And even, even if those people don't ever come and ask us, how did you come? Right. They're right. still noticing it because even in that movie, Red didn't go to, and, Hey, you know, I noticed you're walking around as if you're, <laughs> but it made it, difference and it planted a little seed of maybe there is a different kind of life. Maybe there is something else. And I think that's what part of our call is Christ followers is just walking through this life with Jesus and living. And other people I think are going to see a possibility like you talked about that 1%, that 2%, 3%. I can have peace even in the midst of this turmoil in my family, in my marriage, with my kids at work, wherever turmoil and chaos is swirling, there's a possibility of bringing some of Jesus's peace to that moment. A quote that has stuck with me from our Friday morning men's group, and this happened, I want to say 11 months ago at this point. 
there was a gentleman, and I haven't seen him in a while, but he said, you might be the only Bible that someone ever opens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. That just hits me. Yeah. He, Andy Dufresne was the walking Bible in that space. Yes. Showing the spiritual lightness. Yes. And if anything, people around us do need to see that possibility, the possibility of peace, that there can be this shalom. And boy, so much more to explore. But thank you for joining us today. It's been such a great, and you know, even the image of an island, I don't like the image of an island. I don't know, maybe we're in the Florida Keys because I feel like I don't, that island mentality is something I'm trying to move away from. Maybe we could explore that in a different episode, but I want the island to be connected to other islands, other people. An archipelago. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening.